0: hello and welcome back to the bitcoin and global finance podcast with me jason dean in partnership with luno wallet exchange and siberian mine now here we talk about all things bitcoin and all things financial and try and make some sense of them now i say welcome back because it has been a huge gap since my last podcast Uh, Some of this is due to personal reasons, some of you know I lost my dad in this time, but it's also been a very busy period with conferences, with new all-time highs, and I've been doing a little bit of Bitcoin-related travel recently as well. And in fact, this very podcast was recorded in Russia a couple of weeks ago. It was actually supposed to come out a little earlier, but I got a cold while I was out there and lost my voice for nearly a week, which is not great if you're doing a podcast. But before we get started, I just want to acknowledge Luno's support in helping make this podcast possible. Luno is one of the world's leading cryptocurrency wallets and exchanges, trusted now by over 9 million customers in 40 countries. It was only 5 million when I started working with them last year, so it's a pretty impressive amount of growth. And it's no secret if you follow me on Twitter or Medium or LinkedIn that I've been recommending Luno for some time. And actually, I love recommending Luno for people who might be new to the world of cryptocurrency because it's very pretty, it's very intuitive, and it's an easy and secure way to buy, exchange or hold Bitcoin and other cryptos. So if you haven't used Luno before, simply go to luno.com for the details or download the app, that's Luno, L-U-N-O, on your Android or Apple device. And if you do that and you're over 18 and based in the UK or Europe and this is your first experience with Luno, that's very important, I'm going to give you £10 worth of Bitcoin, courtesy of Luno, absolutely free to get you started on the app. And the way I'll be doing that is by giving you a code at the end of this podcast which will credit your account instantly when you enter it. It is a gift. The app is free. There are no monthly charges and there's no obligation to buy anything else. This is part of a campaign by Luno to introduce new people to Bitcoin. And the idea is to get around that initial hurdle we all have, including myself back in the day when we started using Bitcoin for the first time. You know, when you get a little bit paranoid about doing something wrong or losing your money. So Luna gives you this little bit of Bitcoin so you can experiment with confidence before you commit your own funds if you ever decide to do that and if you're not sure what to do with it once you've got it you can come along to one of the free webinars we run regularly for beginners to learn all the bitcoin essentials and find out why it's becoming so relevant so fast links to the next events are included in the show notes below and as many of you know i'm a veteran bitcoin miner with an operation that runs entirely on excess renewable energy based over in siberia and that in fact is the very subject of today's podcast so if you ever wanted to know about mining or want to get started in it you're not going to want to miss this one not only that but you could get started here and now with Siberian mine by using the referral link in the show notes below which will give you 45 euro head start against the purchase of your first miner now I know it all seems complicated because people ask me about it all the time and of course I remember back in the day when I first started mining myself it all seemed overwhelming. So while I was in Russia visiting the Siberian mining operations I took the opportunity to grab Max who is the CEO of this operation and really grill him on some of the aspects of mining, how it works and what might happen next. It was a brilliant interview actually, great fun to do and I really appreciate Max doing the whole thing in English Uh, because my Russian is terrible and I think you'll agree he did really well especially on some of the technical stuff now obviously I was on the road so I didn't have my usual microphone Uh, we actually recorded this on my little Samsung mobile so quality is not quite as solid as it normally is but it's nice and clear and that's the main thing so let's get stuck in and enjoy Hello, everyone. Well, I'm here today with uh, Max Max Trinitsky. I've got it wrong already. So how do I say it, Max? Your last name? (laughs) Yeah, my name is Max Matrinitsky. Yeah, thank you, Max. And you are the CEO of uh, Siberian Mine, which is one of the bigger uh, Bitcoin mining operations here in uh, Kusk. Have I said that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, close enough. <laughs> okay. Um, this one we're doing in person. We're actually here together, uh, in a hotel room in the Hotel Marusa. I probably haven't said that right either, but it's close <laughs> enough, uh, for today's purposes. Um, uh, so Max, I'm, I'm just going to sort of, we'll just have a chat with you, really. And um, for those people out there who are listening to this who don't know who you are, perhaps we can start with a quick, Sort of summary of your background, and I'm thinking really up until you started Siberian Mine. So, in the days before you even knew about Siberian Mine, I mean, what's what's your what's your background? Okay. Oh,
1: first of all, uh, thank you for having me here. Um, yeah, happy to <laughs> share whatever I can uh, to your listeners. Um, uh, well, I uh, I actually uh, grew up uh, here in Irkutsk. Uh, yeah, and. I uh, got my education here, uh, I started in university, uh, computer science, we may say, then uh, some business uh, postgraduate study, basically, uh, that's kind of it, then I moved to St. Petersburg, and then to Berlin, uh, then I finally uh, realized that uh, something is wrong with, uh, like, energy prices, uh, that can be so drastically different in different regions, uh, which led to, uh, creation of Siberian mine, basically.
0: Oh, okay. So you, you are a local lad then, really, and you've, you've come back again to uh, see what's going on. Yeah. Like back, back in the days I had my first projects, first, uh, startup
1: experience, uh, which we did not uh, call startups back then just small entrepreneurial uh, activities. Uh, I had a a video uh, taped uh, shop. (laughs) (laughs) Wow,
0: videotape, actual videotapes. Actual videotapes. Yeah, old school. Yeah, old school. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, we're talking about old school videotapes there. At some point, you must have discovered um, Bitcoin. So, when was that? And what did you think of it when you very first saw it? So, your first sort of reaction when you read about or heard about this, this crazy thing called Bitcoin?
1: Uh, it, it was, um, uh, in 2014. And, uh, it is a funny story, actually. Um, I was working, uh, in my small, Uh, computer help desk uh, systems administrator uh, company Uh, and one of my clients uh, got a ransomware uh, on their computer Uh, so they were uh, asked uh, to transfer one Bitcoin uh, to get their data decrypted Uh, and they had no idea uh, what Bitcoin is uh, and Actually, uh, by that time, I heard something about it, but never really uh, touched that uh, topic. And uh, I did not know how to buy it or how it works. uh, But I had a task and uh, I started digging. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) even though I not always recommend uh, to to answer the demands of... uh, Oh, to
0: actually pay the Bitcoin, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Ra- ransomers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we actually bought one Bitcoin and sent, uh, uh, to, to the extortionists. <laughs> <laughs> and did it work? Uh, yes, uh, it worked uh, perfectly by, uh, back then it, it was around $400. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> uh, uh, if uh, a, a anyone asks anyone who is in Bitcoin, do you remember the price uh, of the first Bitcoin that you bought? Yes, I do remember <laughs> uh, Of
0: course, like anyone, uh, it was $400. So, uh, so the ransomers actually got their $400 and they, and they released the information. Yeah. They, they sent the decryption program. Okay. We did that and, uh, so they yeah. did stick to their word at least. Yeah. So uh, so it's interesting actually so your your first experience with bitcoin then was actually really a negative experience. I mean that's how a lot of people perceive bitcoin particularly in the early days just linked to people, troublemakers, really, I suppose, yeah. people looking to do all kinds of illegal things. Yeah,
1: absolutely. The, the, that's how it started. Uh, when there is a new uncharted territory, uh, it becomes a Wild West where everybody can do whatever they think they want to do, <laughs> like, and uh, whatever they like. And uh, uh, it, when it's uh, completely uh, not under
0: control, yeah, it may get... Wild. Yeah. Well, it, it certainly was at that time. I mean, it's quite a different place to be now, but, uh, um, at that time, it was certainly something you had to be uh, aware of. Um, but I mean, from getting from there to actually starting mining or even understanding mining, I mean, how did that process happen? How did you go from paying these guys who had locked these, this Customer's computer to actually starting mining for yourself. I mean, what, what process did you go through to get there? Uh,
1: well, um, I, I got really, uh, interested in this, uh, like while I was, uh, digging, <laughs> uh, and, um, uh, to, uh, the whole idea of Bitcoin actually, I, I started to understand it much later. Uh, so by, by that time I started to, uh, just realized that, oh, it, it is something. It is a thing. Uh, and then it works, uh, supported by, uh, miners. Uh, and there are miners that can generate Bitcoin. Uh, and it costs something. So I, I actually got my first miner uh, a few months later. Uh, it was, uh, Dragon dragon miner something with one terahash wow Uh, one terahash at the time
0: that would have been pretty major i guess uh it it was a really really big box uh
1: Mm. and return on investment was uh like six months uh, this was kind of long-term investment (laughs) (laughs) for me back back then and um uh, but for, uh, uh, for me, the ideal, like real idea behind Bitcoin came much later. Back then, I realized that, oh, it's a box, black box that you connect uh, and you, uh, basically print money. And that, that, that's the only thing uh, back then that I realized. Yeah. I,
0: and I think that's probably true of most of us, isn't it? Because when we most of us first get involved with Bitcoin, we're probably just thinking of the money. It's only later on we get that understanding. So I'm actually quite reassured that you had the same experience as probably um, the rest of us. So I've got to ask you, Max, did you run this machine at home?
1: Uh, Yeah, uh, (laughs) I tried at least, yeah, um, I I switched it on uh, and uh, it was very, very loud Uh, and so I moved it uh, to my uh, like separate room where I used to work, Uh, but still you could hear the loud noise uh, Uh, from uh, any other part of the uh, apartment. So, uh, like, a day later, uh, my wife (laughs) has actually kicked me out.
0: (laughs) So it's you or the miner? Well, uh, okay, the miner, the miner.
1: (laughs) Well, it could be either.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, mining is you know for a lot of people listening to this they're 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 probably into bitcoin some of them might be doing a bit of mining but this is quite an important question and probably doesn't have a straightforward answer but how would you explain mining to someone who perhaps understands bitcoin at least to some degree uh but doesn't really understand what the mining process is about is it what's the simplest way you would explain it
1: Well, uh, to put it uh, the simplest way requires the biggest amount of effort. (laughs) Um, Basically, uh, it is a mechanism uh, to support the uh, security of the network, that, that,
0: that's strange. Then that, that I'm stuck on the question: What is mine? It, well, I mean, I, I'm asking you that question, uh, and actually, I'm going to leave this in the edit because it kind of it, it shows it quite nicely. Because I've been in Bitcoin for quite a long time myself, and I've been mining, as you know, for quite a long time. But actually, I, I find it quite a difficult thing to explain if you're trying to explain it to people who really don't un- understand it. Um, and I just wondered what how you would try and do that. So. Um, and, of course, you're doing it in English, which is not your first language, so that makes yep. it even more interesting, <laughs> so... Well, uh, well, first of all, probably the
1: concept uh, of uh, proof of work has to be explained. Uh, that uh, in order to make uh, the whole uh, thing possible, uh, you kind of have to ensure that the uh, efforts the put into mining one point or to seal one block, uh is uh, big enough so that other like male factors uh, get uh, not other male factors just male factors could not uh uh simply alter the blockchain and they change the operation uh, the preceding operation uh, operations transactions uh so that is uh, why you need to put something real, real work uh, into it. Uh, So to uh, change something in the past, you would have to apply at least the same amount of work. And uh, since there are million miners uh, in the world, uh, uh, it is uh, virtually impossible to do that. And that is, uh, exactly what makes Bitcoin, uh, so stable and so secure, uh, because no one can just, uh, change some couple lines, uh, like in, in the history and, uh, like, uh, uh, add a couple of zeros uh, to their
0: accounts uh, or something like that. <laughs> okay, so so mining really is there to support the network. It, it makes the transactions work. And what you're referring to there is is the blockchain itself. And that's the chain of transactions. I mean, I, I appreciate we're getting a little technical here for people who might not be, you know, technical listening to this. But it's a list of all the transactions ever made. And the miners basically make sure... Those transactions are all verified and confirmed, and they do this by um, providing um, answers really to a sort of an algorithmic question, and it's done on a competitive basis. So the people who sort of win that, the miners who put the most effort in, arguably, but it, there is a chance element as well, um, get the reward of the new Bitcoin's And even that explanation, and I've taken elements of your explanation there, is not that straightforward. Um, yeah. You know, it is a technical system. We both know that. And you actually have a computing background. So you probably understand just how technical it is better than I do. Um, but for people listening to this, that's probably enough to get us going. The bottom line is, if you want to mine, um, you need to have special equipment to do it. And you need someone like yourself to help you get started and, and, and do that. Um, but yeah, it's, at, you know, between us, we've kind of put a sort of, sort of semi answer together, really. Um, <laughs> but, um, and, and perhaps we haven't fully answered, but I think we've got enough for now because we know we are supporting the back end of the network and we know that miners are rewarded for doing so. So they're putting their time in, they're putting their money in because they have to get the equipment and they have to pay for the power. For that uh, equipment to contribute to the network, yeah, yes, absolutely yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. the main thing is uh, uh like to uh make sure that the blockchain uh, that the chain of transactions that were before is immutable yes, yeah. I, and
0: you're absolutely right, that is a key part of that that process, and that's why we can trust Bitcoin and the transactions that we do. It can't be reversed or changed because the miners are there really as guardians of that that network, yeah. Okay, so now we've confused everyone. Um, we'll bring it <laughs> back to, to simpler questions. Um, so, how did you? That was your first mining experience with this this enormous machine you had in your apartment. How did you get from there to starting Siberian Mine, which, of course, is now a, a much bigger operation? And we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But how did you get from there to Siberian? Oh well, uh, first of all, well, uh, I,
1: I took small steps. After being kicked out, <laughs> uh, the machine uh, went to my garage. Uh, uh, then, uh, when the cabling and wires uh, in the garage started uh, to uh, smell, <laughs> uh, I moved uh, it uh, to, to the place, uh, like, like to the dacha, to the place where I was building a house. And actually, there were uh, yeah, I had, uh, by then already six miners, uh, and, and it actually was, uh, enough, uh, to hit the whole house while it was, uh, <laughs> being built. Uh, so, uh, apart from the noise, uh, it generates, uh, a lot of, uh, heat. So, um, yeah, you can use it, uh, for, for something good. Uh, that, that, that's what I did. And, um, but back, uh, but then, uh, a little bit later, uh, when the house was built, uh, uh, we actually, <laughs> uh, that's not something that you uh, usually do when, uh, when you've built a house. Uh, mm-hmm. we decided to move to Germany. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Not once you've built it, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. And, um,
1: uh, taking miners, uh, with me was not an option. So, um, I sold all the miners uh, and actually, uh, all the bitcoins that I <laughs> had. Back oh, then. we've all been there. We'll yeah. Be there. Uh, it, it was uh, 2016. Um, so yeah, uh, we you know, got a fresh start, uh, in Germany and it was amazing <laughs> when I, uh, to me, when I first got uh, my electric bill, uh, in my apartment, it was, uh, 31 cent uh, euro cent per kilowatt hour wow it's like 35 uh, us dollar cents yeah which was that's uh high. that's really high oh uh, that was so much higher than uh in russia in st petersburg even even though st petersburg and moscow are not the cheapest city even in terms of uh, electricity i remember it kind of stuck in my mind
0: uh, the surprise that i got (laughs) so so did that lead you to think well actually if i could because i want to mine but i can't really do that here in germany maybe i can use my contacts back home to set something up is that is that what you started thinking along those lines Uh, yes along those lines
1: and also um that was not really in the beginning uh connected to the like the business idea uh in terms of uh, like finding things uh, to do in germany uh i was exploring different uh options and the main idea i tried to to find how can i use uh, my uh so to say unfair advantage uh, <laughs> that i uh, i have Kind of knowledge of uh, both worlds, uh, and uh, what is uh, what is it that is uh, cheap in one place and expensive in another, uh, and uh, and uh, vice versa. And uh, I realized that money, uh, actually the cost of funds in Europe, is also so so much cheaper than in Russia.
0: Uh, ah, okay, so you could see straight away objectively that you had. Cheaper capital in one country, but cheaper prices in another country. Yeah, and then it kind of clicked. Uh, yeah. So, uh, cheap energy uh, in,
1: in Russia and uh, cheap capital in Europe. Um, so, we can uh, do something about it. Yeah, that's uh, when I started to explore and i still uh i kind of missed mining <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it's a money printing machine yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's not the uh, it was uh, still even by uh, by that time not that much about the concept uh, of uh, blockchain of uh, like bitcoin the people's money the uh first decentralized uh, system uh, uh store of value and uh, like payment uh, mean so yeah uh, so I decided yeah to go uh, go for it uh, and uh, uh, me and my friend uh, from Luxembourg uh, we founded this company and uh, so w- was this around 2017 now or, or- uh, it was the end of 2017 okay uh when we started to think about it uh, and actually in january 2018 uh we started the company uh Siberian Mind GmbH a german uh, uh, limited company uh, to provide access uh, to european uh, capital uh, or Crypto enthusiasts and people uh, to uh, hydropower of Siberia uh, in the place which I knew how to
0: uh, deal with, uh, how to work with. Uh, um, yeah, so. He- and the rest is history. And, yeah. and it's <laughs> led us to this particular point. And in fact, um, you and I started had our f- having our first contact uh, in, in early 2018, because I think by then you had a very basic site. I found it online. And I remember emailing you because there were some aspects on the site that weren't very clear because it was it was a first part, yeah, it was a first go of the site. And I remember you replied straight away, uh, which I was really happy to get an answer straight away because uh, I had been mining at home and actually in other places, but I was looking to do something bigger and uh, a little bit more solid. And I'm, what do you remember that? Do you remember me emailing you? Do you remember any of that communication we had in, in, the, in the early days? Well, uh, I, I do remember that, uh, uh, we did
1: not have, uh, much incoming <laughs> correspondence. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah, every chance to communicate, uh, the idea to, uh, I don't know, to talk to someone to, Uh, get some confirmation of the idea's validity was important mm, for us. And the website that you're referring to uh, was actually... Uh, created on a like website builder uh, basically overnight
0: <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot yeah <laughs> but I mean it was enough I mean that website and uh, communication with you answered all of my questions really quite honestly about where you were in the process um, and i I decided to take a chance because you had very little I think at the time and I and I thought well I'll take a risk with one. S9, which was at the time, you know, a pretty good machine still. Um, but I think it was 14 terahash. Um, and, uh, in those days, you actually wrote the customer's name on the side of the machine and you sent me a photo <laughs> of my S9 with my name on the side, which of course I then, you know, you know, sent out through Twitter and what have you later on. Um, and uh, I nicknamed my S9 Eddie. It was Eddie the S9. <laughs> And uh basically I, I sort of grew with you and, and saw your operation expand. Um I, I, I can uh <laughs> yeah, I comment on the on the on the
1: sticker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on, please yeah. do. Uh, actually uh the the idea was uh to provide the full transparency uh and uh, as much uh, provide as much information as possible to clients because uh it does seem uh, a bit risky uh, to trust someone uh, that is uh, uh, in Siberia managing your hardware that is uh, rather uh, expensive. Uh, uh, so yeah, we came up with our uh, like own stickers. Uh, we did write uh your name and uh, as far as i remember we misspelled your surname yeah you did you
0: remember that you did yeah yeah yeah. i remember that don't worry everyone does that and i'm sure that happens to you quite a lot as well so we're in the same boat um but i mean obviously that wouldn't be viable now with the with the way that it's expanded and, and the model that you you use and actually i want to ask you about that because the traditional model for sort of mining companies or companies who host miners um is is that you know you buy your machine and you run that machine, they look after it as best they can. But at some point, that machine will probably fail. Um, and it can be repaired and there's options and all kinds of stuff. Now that's kind of the model that most people are probably used to, but you actually came up with something slightly different. And what I think you've done is actually pretty cool. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. Um, actually it's an evolution of our initial
1: idea. Um, Of course uh, the uh, any equipment fail and uh, with miners uh, that run under uh, under high stress uh, like high temperatures uh, high consumption uh, uh, and yeah they they fail quite a lot and we thought about the ways how can we what can we do uh, to make sure the investments uh, are safe uh for our clients uh so actually initially like from the very start uh, we had an option uh where you ca- could pay 10% extra uh we called that hot swap uh we had the backup reserve backup fund uh of a uh, few machines uh, that we would uh, use as a failover machine uh back then it was absolutely Manually. So if a machine failed, uh, we just uh, gave a client uh, one of our machines uh, to make sure that uh, the operation is still going on. In the meantime, we repaired the machine uh, and replaced it back if it was not beyond repair. And that's what we did basically for almost two years or year and a half. Uh, But problem with uh, this approach, uh, uh, is that it requires a lot, a lot of manual work uh, you, uh, when a machine fails. Uh, you have to communicate it back to client. You have to take the, uh, failed spare parts to service center, communicate uh, communicated, uh, the d- diagnostics information to back to client, uh, like g- get, uh, get green light. Uh, what do we do? Then uh, you, uh, go back orchestrating all these logistics, uh, is rather tedious. Uh, and, um, Uh, When uh, when you have like 1, 2, 10, 15, 20 clients, it's kind of okay. But uh, uh, by the end of 2019, uh, we had more than 100 clients and more than 4,000 machines. And this model proved to be not really scalable. Uh, We had a a huge queue of uh, support tickets uh, and it took two weeks to answer the support tickets. uh, And the the situation was getting worse and worse over time. So we decided that we need uh, something different. Uh, We need to implement some more scalable approach, basically. Uh, That's where, uh, when we came up with uh, what we used to call back then, uh, and sometimes now, (laughs) uh, automatic hot swap. Basically, you can see it as an insurance system. Uh, Each contributes a little bit uh, to make sure that nothing drastic would happen with uh, one single client. Because uh, if your miner fails beyond repair uh, you're losing a huge amount of money that you've put in and the scariest part that you cannot even be sure that it is the case Uh, okay so you you got a message from your hosting provider sorry your uh, machine uh, worth a few thousand uh, dollars euros uh, uh, failed and uh, sorry sorry it's gone (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so so we decided to um, implement a different approach uh, we basically pulled together uh, all uh, the hashing power of all miners and then redistributed it uh, to um, all clients proportionally to their nominal hash rate of the machines so basically if you uh, if your device fails uh, it does not have uh, much effect uh, on your production. Uh, Basically, uh, it slightly reduces the output of uh, all miners participating in this uh, insurance system. Uh, But you can be sure that your miner will not just disappear,
0: will not just burn. Well, I mean, it's a really good scheme, actually. And I've not seen anyone else run a system like this. And I have had a look around just to see what out, what's out there. And there are a lot of hosting providers, but they all have that same proviso. If your machine fails, it's tough luck, mate, basically. If we can <laughs> fix it, maybe we'll get around to fixing it, but you will be offline. So Siberian has something very different, and it's really good model, I think. Uh, and from uh, experience, I mean, I've been with you, as I say, right from the start, really, I've seen all of the changes that have developed through the company. Um your hash rate, you always maintain it somewhere around the 95% level. There's sometimes little bounces up and down, but it's usually around that level. And you're able to do that consistently. And I have no idea if my machines actually are still physically there. I'm sure some of them are, uh, or at least physically running, I should say. I know they're there because I I went and saw them. Um, But um, we'll we'll talk about that in a minute.
1: Yeah, Uh, uh, I may show you that the... uh Physically, every machine uh, is still there. Because uh, one important thing uh, on the platform that we developed uh, using this approach uh, is that uh, behind each uh, kind of virtual miner, there is a certain uh, piece of hardware with a unique serial number. And it's uh, transparent and it's uh, uh, traceable and auditable. Uh, That is also very important. So uh, even if your machine
0: fails, Uh, uh, beyond repair Uh, it still is there (laughs) (laughs) well I think that's kind of reassuring and in (laughs) fact you make an interesting point because that you know in some ways it's kind of a hybrid model isn't it because you're kind of leaning slightly towards cloud mining um, but you're not really because we know you have these physical machines which back these virtual ones in fact I like the way you put that that's a very good um, uh, summary but uh, I mean Cloud mining's got quite negative connotations associated with it because there were a few problems with this back back in the day. I'm sure we all remember the the Wild West we were talking about with, with cloud mining. But this is this is different from that. But it has some nuances from there, does it? We have taken you have taken some stuff from there.
1: Yeah, uh, when brainstorming this idea, we actually even uh, came up with the term hybrid uh mining uh, when we have uh, scalability of uh cloud mining uh and at the same time uh transparency and uh, uh non-fungibility uh of uh traditional hosted mining so uh each miner is non-fungible basically uh and it's transparent and uh, it's pretty simple uh simply uh framed uh Because in cloud mining, there are also usually uh, lots of different uh, calculations involved. And it's not straightforward. Uh, And here... looks absolutely the same. You buy a machine, it mines to your wallet, uh, you pay for hosting. uh, Basically, uh, it's an abstraction layer uh, above hardware. That simplifies uh, service, uh, that simplifies uh, maintenance uh, for us internally as well. Uh, It simplifies communication. uh, uh, It reduces the...
0: uh, support tickets queue uh, a lot, like really, really a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty important. But I mean, the other thing is I can't emphasize enough, um you know, how important that transparency is, of, you know, because I'm sitting outside as a customer and you and I actually never physically met until a couple of days ago, although we've spoken many times, Telegram, email, even Zoomed a couple no. of times. Um But there's something... Very tangible about seeing that operation actually happening uh, and being able to physically touch the machines. And actually, you were very kind um, and took me to your operation here uh, yesterday, and we had a little look around. Very secure location, I, I, I have to say. There's a <laughs> lot of security there, and those those doors at the front are possibly the biggest doors I've ever seen. They look like uh, blast doors, um, but that is a very very secure environment. If I'm just going to play a little clip it's only a short clip um, it has to be short because the noise in the mine uh, from the number of machines running is pretty substantial but you and I managed to have sort of a half conversation <laughs> in front of the machines I'm just going to play that clip now so people can hear what this this operation actually sounds like I'm here with Max who's the owner of Siberian Mine uh, Max just tell us where we are at the moment I'm hardly to hear you
1: <laughs> Of 1,000 units that we built, uh, each of them uh, consists of like 1,000 uh, units. Uh, well, it was supposed to contain 1,000 S9s, but of course, when we moved uh, to the newer models, uh, we had to uh, put fewer machines because newer machines uh, are bigger and can take more energy. Uh, so there are all different kinds of machines on the same shelves. for different kinds of uh, miners, for example, S19 you have to connect with uh, two cables, thirty uh, 30s for Avalon yeah,
0: you have to use one but extremely powerful one. Right. And Can you show us inside? Yes, yeah, sure. Yeah. It's getting hot here. Yeah, the temperature here is definitely much higher. The noise level is much higher as well it looks absolutely fantastic so it's really noisy um as you can hear hopefully you're able to hear some of that conversation and um, but i can you know it does confirm the miners are definitely real they're definitely there you could definitely feel them as well as, as as hear them the airflow in there was absolutely astonishing um and of course there's a lot of service and maintenance um going on and that's pretty important for miners so Given your model, Max, how does that work in terms of warranty with the machines? Uh, yeah, uh,
1: it's not um, the only thing that you have to provide the automatic failover uh, or uh, this uh, hash rate insurance. Uh, you still have to repair the machines. And actually, we did the math and uh, figured out that the amount of money that we spent uh, on uh, solving the issues with the clients and the repairs like the organizational the operating expenses uh, to communicate with the client uh, or all this um uh, turmoil, uh all this mess that we had with support t- t- tickets tickets uh, uh back in late to uh, 2019 uh actually we spent almost the same amount as our clients spent on repairs themselves so it was uh, a bit um, a counterintuitive uh, solution, but we just decided, why don't we just pay for all the repairs of clients? We would save us a lot of uh, effort and a lot of manual tasks. Uh, we take uh, that paint off the customers' heads uh, and it, it actually worked. So uh, since the uh, platform uh, launch, we actually do that, and it's been already 16 months, I believe. Uh, yeah, we cover all the repairs, we cover all the maintenance spare parts, uh, uh, and it, and it works the model in business terms is sustainable because we don't have to uh, maintain a big team uh, of uh, like support engineers uh, to communicate and back and to, to invoice every single uh, uh, spare part that uh, for example a fan uh, really a very good example they fail the most uh, um and kind of to make sure that the fa- fan uh, is replaced uh, it takes, uh, like three, four hours uh, of time, uh, like all the people that is, uh, that are involved uh, on the way. Um, and it costs like less than, than this time of uh, the employees. So, uh, it's all simple. Uh, if it fails, we repair
0: it. So. I mean, that sounds like an ideal solution for everyone then. So for you, it's a simpler process. And it sounds like actually there may even have been a cost saving in that process. Totally
1: win-win, absolutely.
0: And and effectively, a customer, is it true to say that a customer ends up with almost a lifetime warranty? Yeah, uh, it's uh,
1: it's what it is. Yeah,
0: it is a lifetime warranty with everything covered uh, for life. Fantastic. I mean, I mean, it is a you know it makes it clear this is a very different model um, to to what we see elsewhere. Um, but I think that's why Minds is quite unique in 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 how you operate this.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, one uh, important thing uh, that it uh, actually in terms of money, it's not uh, purely saving us uh, money. Uh, well, yeah, we spent about the, the same amount uh but it allows us uh, to scale up so uh we are not uh, choking on support tickets uh and the uh, extreme uh, number of machines that we uh, get uh, for our clients uh, uh it does not uh, increase uh, our load very much
0: well that's that's brilliant that has allowed you to scale up because um siberia mine is obviously a lot bigger uh, as an, an operation now than it was even a couple of years ago. I mean, are you happy to share with us how many machines you now have and what your total hash rate is? Uh, yeah. Um, our total hash rate is uh, around
1: 65, uh, penta hashes. Uh, and we run around, uh,
0: 1200. Twenty-one machine, (laughs) so you have the exact number. But I mean, that's that's actually that's less than you mentioned earlier. I think. I mean, there Uh, there there must be a reason for that difference. Yes, the end of the two thousand
1: nineteen was the beginning of uh, uh, second crypto winter that we survived through. Uh, So uh, there were lots of uh, older machines, machines of older generation, uh, like. uh, and minor S9, uh, which we had like four thousands of them, four thousand of them. Wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, at that point, uh, they were bringing uh, just about the same amount that you would need uh, to spend on hosting. Uh, so there were lots of clients that uh, decided, okay, it's the end of the era uh, of S9s, so uh they and we uh sold basically all of the uh, of these machines uh for for peanuts uh, it was uh
0: like 10 15 euros uh, each actually uh, i have to be honest i offloaded mine as well at the same time and of course i regret that now because s9s <laughs> are very profitable at the moment and they are very sought after machines so um uh because you can you know they they sell about a thousand dollars they can be yeah, know, yeah 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 you know, currently they're in incredible
1: they are. yeah they are and uh yeah, the funny thing, uh, mining is a really long, long-term game. Uh, and, uh, as the, my experience shows, uh, the most patient, uh, clients, uh, are winning it, uh, it all.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's really good advice. So the, the thousand of machines, the 1,221 you have now, presumably they are much newer machines and so much more powerful machines. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, uh, when, I mean, um, I, I, we went in yesterday and we saw, what was it, 20 S19 Pros, were they, I think? Uh, yeah, up? S19J Pros,
1: yeah. Uh, and uh, there were also uh, M30Ss uh, that uh, ju- just came in, the uh, shiny brand new uh, machines. And uh, yeah, now our I, I can share that uh, our average... Uh, uh, what, what's per terahash is, uh, 49.5. Uh, I don't know if it's, <laughs> uh, if it says a- anything
0: to anyone, but, uh. Well, no, it shows how much more powerful the machines are because, you know, when you had that 4,000, if they were s 19 she would have been twelve thirty, maybe 14 terahash average, something like that. So it's, it just goes to show yeah. how much better that, that performance is now with, with far fewer machines. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah totally. it's a good number. So, and can you just tell us one thing? Because, you yeah, one of the things that mining really comes into, you know, under fire for all the time is this so-called environmental impacts. Because you and I know that, you know, mining is already one of the most efficient um, businesses on the planet in terms of power consumption uh, and in terms of green energy consumption. Uh, now, but it doesn't matter how many times we say that. You know, we're always going to have people say, "Oh no, it isn't," or "It's you know, it's 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 not true," or "You're you're skewing the facts." So let's just focus again on Siberian mine. Where does Siberian get its power from? Uh, we are powered
1: only by uh, hydropower. Uh, you see the uh this uh, region of Siberia, uh Irkutsk region uh has some uh, peculiar history. Uh well first of all, uh, there is a Baikal Lake, the biggest uh sweetwater reservoir in the world, and from this lake uh, uh here flows the river uh big Angara river uh, that's uh actually powers all the hydropower plants that uh, Soviets uh, built uh, a long time ago. Uh, and back then, uh, everyone uh, liked to build something big. <laughs> uh, and they are really immense, uh, a- a- absolutely gigantic. Um, uh, there is a cascade uh, of uh, hydropower stations on Angara River. So, uh, uh, Irkutsk, Bratsk, Ustilimsk, and uh, there are, uh like a couple more uh smaller ones uh, and, and and totaling uh i believe currently it's 12 gigawatts uh of power and uh, that was supposed to power the industry uh including the um, aluminum production uh which requires a lot of power uh and um currently uh it's not produced that intensively (laughs) uh, as before also because of sanctions but also because the production itself changed and uh, it's now twice as efficient as it was uh, like 50 years ago Uh, so there is a abundance uh, of uh, energy Uh, the uh, unused capacity is huge and actually in terms of of uh, price uh, that, that's where the price comes from uh in Irkutsk region the price of energy uh is
0: lower than anywhere even within Russia wow i didn't know that yes uh, uh, so in fact is it true to say that pretty much everything in this town Irkutsk is 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 powered by hydro as well
1: yeah absolutely uh actually (laughs) the
0: dam and the hydropower station is right within the city (laughs) in fact i know this because uh i don't know if you know but i actually went for a little walk uh around there the other day and just just checked it out and so that is the dam that powers all of this area and 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 the mining farm i guess yes yes
1: uh there are some distant uh like small cities that uh uh can use their local uh generation uh, but uh like everything that uh, you can uh, uh that that you can connect a cable uh any place that you you can t- you can connect with a cable uh like
0: within the reach uh yeah it's all powered by hydropower well that's fantastic um but that brings us kind of up to date, I suppose. So we know, you know, where we are now and what what's happening. And what what are your plans for the future? Just you know, just in terms of Siberian at the moment. I mean, focus on that. What well, what are you thinking? Are you looking to to get bigger, to expand further, uh, bring more clients, or or are, you, or are you happy where you are? I mean, what are you thinking? Well. um, I'm happy where we are,
1: (laughs) but that doesn't uh, mean that uh, we don't want to uh, improve and grow and expand. Uh, And uh, like the next few steps that we are going to uh, take, um, uh, first of all, uh, the uh, diversity of locations, uh, currently, we are hosted uh, in uh, two facilities. Uh, but if we had three, four, five, uh, then we would uh, we could uh, negate uh, or uh, mitigate uh, big uh, out outages. For for example, yeah, it happens sometimes, not very often. I believe uh, like. Uh, in the last uh, 16 months, uh, we had four days uh, where we had uh, like 12 to 14 hours uh, power out- outages. Uh, but if we had th- those miners uh, distributed uh, across a few locations, then the the outage would not lead to a lower hash rate during this day and it would uh, a- average down and uh, Overall would produce more stable hash rates uh, for our clients. That's uh, one of the things. Of course, there are, uh, there is a really long, long uh, development backlog that we have uh, for our platform. C- currently, there are a lot of uh, features that we did not cover yet, like marketplace or uh, where you can actually sell your machine or uh, pre-orders uh, that are automated with guaranteed delivery date and uh, like many little things that uh, make mining uh, really comfortable, transparent and uh, uh, easy and safe and uh, everything. <laughs> uh, but there are still uh, so many uh, little things that we want to add to the platform like development-wise uh, uh, and That's what actually uh, gets me excited. uh, Gets (laughs) you up in the morning,
0: probably. Uh, (laughs) That's (laughs) what
1: gets me up in the morning.
0: (laughs) So, in fact, you've, you've touched on something there, really, about making mining easier and easier for people, because... Uh, you know, I've been in the industry myself for a few years, not just mining, but Bitcoin generally, as you know. So people do ask me all the time, how do I get into mining and, 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 and what have you? So, I mean, what, what advice who people, for people who might be listening to this, um, would you give people who want to get into mining, but po- possibly don't yet fully understand it? Not helped with our rather poor description <laughs> earlier on, but, um, how would, how would they get started? What, what advice would you say to them?
1: Well, uh, Probably, um uh, always the best, uh, thing to start with, uh, is, uh, do your own research. So. Yeah, don't uh, listen to us
0: trying to explain. <laughs> to <people. laughs> uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, um, I, I could give advice. Like, just go <laughs> sign up to Sagar in Mine and buy it, uh, like, uh, uh 10,000 10, worth, uh, <laughs> um, no, I think you my, might be my, slightly biased in <laughs> that. <answer. laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, you sh- should definitely, um, learn. Learn about Bitcoin, learn about the mining. Uh, Actually, the results of mining. I I said before that the most patient uh, clients are um, the most uh, productive and have uh, highest uh, outcome. Uh, I think that comes from their understanding uh, and uh, trusting Bitcoin itself. So, if you believe in Bitcoin and, uh, you understand why it is, uh, such a big deal, uh, then, uh, you can have this patience. Uh, it reduces your in- anxiety about your investment. You won't do something stupid along the way, uh, like, uh, like, <laughs>
0: like I did when I saw. <laughs> I-, I told you, Max, uh, we, we've nice. all been there. We've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, uh, you're right. That research element is, is absolutely critical. Um, I, I think you've made Siberian mine pretty easy. I mean, there are other companies out there now offering quite good solutions, sort of click and go, and, and they're, they're pretty good as well. They don't have your model. And and I don't know them well enough really probably um, to comment, but you certainly, the platform you've created so far makes uh, life very easy for people. So I have to give you a real credit for that. Um, and in actual fact, if for those of you who are listening who want to get started with um, mining, uh, I will actually be giving you, because uh, Max is very kind of giving me a, a sort of promotional referral code that I can give out at the end of this podcast, but maybe even at the start as well, if we go really crazy. Uh, and that uh, gives you uh, 45 sort of balance on your account to get started against a machine. I know that's not very much. Machines are quite expensive at the moment, aren't they, Max? I mean, things have changed a little bit for, over, over the last year, wouldn't you say? Oh uh, Yeah, definitely. Um, uh,
1: <laughs> uh, the, the thing with the cost of machines, uh, since uh, like one year, uh, year probably, uh, since one year ago, prices are constantly growing. Uh, the machine that uh, now costs 15,000, uh, 12 months ago, uh, you could buy for 5,000. And actually, even back then, uh, there were a lot of uh, folks wondering why is it expensive? Is it too late to get into it? Uh, or what's wrong with the price? It's, uh it's it's just too expensive but it's getting more and more expensive uh by the way one of the good things about Siberian in mind uh, yeah <laughs> as <laughs> this getting to be a bit promotional, a, commercial commercial
0: uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> break everyone commercial break <laughs>
1: yeah that um the if bitcoin goes up the Cost of equipment also goes up because it, it, it's a money printer. The more money it prints, uh, the m- more it costs. Uh, so it, it goes, it goes also for uh, miners uh, themselves. So uh, you should al- always um, uh, consider that also not only in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, potential profits, but also uh, in terms of uh, potential risks. So if Bitcoin goes uh, down, the cost of miner also goes down. Uh, even though you can always sell your machine uh, on our internal marketplace. Uh, uh, yeah, you, you should consider that uh, the cost of <laughs> the means of production uh, goes up and hi- uh, up and down uh, along with Bitcoin, with some delay, with uh, some latency,
0: but uh, still important thing to, not, to note. I suppose the other thing that's worth mentioning for people who don't fully understand this is that, obviously, as the Bitcoin price fluctuates, it always moves around, as we know, you know, it can go crazy up, can go crazy down. Um, but the actual cost of hosting is absolutely fixed, isn't it? It never changes. Yeah. So all you're talking about is your potential profit level. Well uh the time once to, you've acquired the to, machine to
1: be honest uh, it
0: uh, it may change a bit uh, but it's very
1: seldom Yeah, we uh like in 3 years so uh, we only once raised prices uh last uh, last spring because the energy cost uh, was raised so we had to uh, f- follow Uh, and yeah, we raised prices, but in in general, when you do your calculations, uh, you always, uh, uh, should have in mind that the hosting, uh, fee, the price of hosting your machine is, uh, always fixed in fiat and the my mining earnings uh, you get in Bitcoin, uh, which uh, is, uh, very volatile. So, so, uh, that is, um, Th- that is why also you have to uh, pick wisely the machine that you want, want to mine with. Uh, the machine with higher efficiency is more stable and uh, less likely will be uh, taken out of the game
0: uh, by Bitcoin volatility. Yeah. And I think that's actually a very good, very good point to make. But I think I'm asking that question or just to confirm it really, because I do get that question a lot. Because if you are on the outside and you're very new to money, it it does seem quite difficult to get your head around at first. It's not that hard actually once you get into it, but there is this perception that that price changes as the Bitcoin price changes. And of course, we know that it, it doesn't. So I kind of just wanted to kind of force that question. So to, yeah, yeah to, that, that's to make just that basically the cost of uh, energy
1: yeah. plus fixed cost of uh, hosting. Uh, well, it's all uh, included in our like hosting fee, but yeah, uh,
0: it is. Uh, kind of immutable yeah <laughs> I <mean. laughs> so i mean we are right now in a stage where miners are expensive i mean it's not just expensive siberia the Ease expensive everywhere right now for lots of different reasons some of which we haven't even really gone into but um do you see that changing any time soon i mean obviously i'm asking one of those how long is a bit of string questions but you know do you see that situation changing radically either way or how do you feel things are going to progress in the next sort of few months well, uh, uh,
1: not anytime soon. Uh, first of all, there's a shortage of chips uh, on the market, which uh, affects uh, many other I- industries as well. And, uh, it also affects, uh, Bitcoin mining and Bitcoin miners. Uh, there's uh, one more factor that, uh, chi- Chinese, uh, ban, uh, and the uh, problems that uh, manufacturers, uh, of mining equipment have, uh, and most of them are Chinese, uh, even though s- some manufacturers have already relocated some parts of their production to other countries, uh, but, uh, the, but the biggest factories are still in China. Uh, and, uh, they are not allowed to sell within China at least, uh, uh but they will have eventually to relocate their production, so uh, it um, increases the scarcity of uh, the equipment. And I believe, uh, like in the next uh, 12 months, uh, n- nothing will change uh, like in a positive <laughs> way. I, I mean, the uh, my mining uh, machines uh, miners will uh, get more and more scarce, uh, hence more and more expensive
0: over time yeah okay so that's that sounds like it's it's gonna it's gonna get more expensive i mean that might not be the case i guess if bitcoin price takes a dive might that might change it possibly the other way well uh uh the
1: funny funny thing even though uh price of bitcoin and price of uh miner uh are, are correlated uh When Bitcoin goes up, the price follows instantly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But when Bitcoin goes down, uh, uh, all the who bought Bitcoin miners uh, like for for high price, they're very hesitant uh, and they don't want to sell uh, below the price that they paid. uh, So uh, it kind of goes down very, very slowly. Uh, You need uh, three to five months um, of bearish market uh, for the actual price uh, of uh, miner to like follow uh, bi- bitcoin's fall all the way. So
0: yeah, I mean we have seen that though before. I yeah. mean I mean you talked about that. Uh, yeah, like
1: like with the S9s, but the the S9s were like borderline profitable. So uh, basically uh if, even if it was like twice, uh, more efficient, it would not affect the, the miners price that much. Uh, because even if you can, uh, produce a little bit of Bitcoin, uh, yeah, it is definitely worth, uh, g- g- keeping it running. Uh, and, uh, with, uh, S9, it's a little bit different case. Yeah. Okay. With a, with modern machine, uh, yeah, by the way, uh, if you, Take the top tier uh, machine. Uh, if Bitcoin goes down and it kicks out the low efficiency miners uh, out of uh, the game, then it increases uh, the production of the rest of the miners because of uh, lower uh, difficulty of mining. So it's kind of self-balancing system uh when uh, there are many miners uh everybody wants some yeah uh difficulty grows uh, everybody gets uh less uh well if some miners switch off those who are more patient again uh <laughs> they will get uh, a- everything that um uh, the uh, the ones that switched off uh, like turned away
0: Turn. So, I mean, we're getting, <laughs> oh. a, we're getting a common theme there, Matt, <laughs> yeah. Max, which is kind of consider it long-term investment and, and sort of be patient and just you know, ride the storm, I guess, is, is what you're saying. And in many ways, you've, you've already proved that point from the clients that you have and, you know, looking at the business over the last few years, you've seen those peaks and troughs and you've already seen those best returns. So um, it, it's worth taking that advice on board, I think. But it does lead me to another question because... You know, we're just talking about the price of miners in the future. We don't really know, of course. We're just basing it on our experience. Um, I mean, how do you see Bitcoin unfolding in the next couple of years? Just, just for fun, really. I mean, I'm not um, necessarily just talking about price. <laughs> um, although you, your take would be interesting, but I'm thinking also, how do you see it expanding? Do you, do you see? Do you think we've reached the limit? Do you think we're going crazy? We're going to really move forward with it. Do you think it'll we'll be slow and steady? I and mean, we, what's your view? Or could it go back the other way? Could we, you know? Oh, uh, we we can have
1: uh, both, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, not at the same time though. Uh, it, it it does not really matter that much, uh, like short term. Uh, what matters uh, for me. Uh, when i plan my personal uh, finances and my personal uh, mining operations uh, uh i have a pretty uh, uh long uh term th- thinking so uh, my uh, horizon uh, planning horizon uh, lies somewhere 2025 because uh, there will be halving uh, in 2024 it's the time when uh rewards for miners uh get halved uh, this means the supply of new bitcoins uh, to the market uh, uh shrinks so uh, which leads usually and uh, it was proven by history like every every time uh it uh, leads to a huge bull run so i believe the, that uh even if we have some bearish markets like uh within the next couple years uh now i i will continue mining all the way uh e- even if some of machines uh, may become uh kind of unprofitable uh, what they say but actually uh i i do not really see that any miner can be unprofitable because the total outcome of mining depends more on when you exit uh, your position, not uh, whether uh, in this specific moment price is good enough and uh, electricity is uh, uh, not exceeding the price of B- Bitcoin generated at this exact moment. Uh, because, uh, yeah, and, and I've seen it many times, uh, uh, I, I'll wait uh, until I, I to believe uh, in bitcoin and bitcoin's future uh the advice that i usually uh give uh to my customers uh is to always hold all the coins and uh to cover hosting fee from some other fiat income as for the po- fun part uh, i i believe uh well <laughs> <laughs> Uh, don't quote me on this. <laughs> uh, I I think later this this year we'll get to all-time high, uh, something around 70, 75, 80 thousand dollars per coin. Uh, and later, probably by the end of uh, 2025, uh, I believe we will get to... Two hundred thousand or two hundred fifty, probably.
0: Well, wow, that, that's uh, that's a pretty good number to get. And I thank thank you for sharing that with you, Max because yeah. a lot of people ask me that question as well, <laughs> and I'm never as brave as you to actually try and give an answer. Uh, and I know I know it, there's lots of caveats. Uh, I know it, that. it's yeah. not
1: a financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: let's make that absolutely clear. Yeah, this uh, is not financial advice. That, that's uh, where I come piece. from. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. Uh,
1: My personal uh, yeah. uh, absolutely f- f- feeling uh, that. Uh, it doesn't really matter what will it be. Uh, we know for sure that it will be
0: not <laughs> this exact number. Uh. <laughs> um, so Max, the other thing is you, you, when you, when you came here to Russia, you actually flew here from Dubai. You were doing an exhibition over there, I believe. And you, you've got another one coming up. So where, where can we see you next? I think you're back in Dubai, aren't you? Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> the the biggest challenge of travelling uh,
1: from Dubai to Siberia and back to Dubai to find the right clothes, <laughs> to, to to dress properly for plus 40 and minus 10.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a big old range, that's yeah. like a 50 degree range.
1: <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so, yeah, the next event uh, that uh, we will be uh, participating in uh, is uh, WDMS, World Digital Mining Summit, that is held by uh, Bitmain the biggest uh, manufacturer of uh, miners. And I expect that they will do some announcements there, uh, maybe new machines, maybe overall um, how they are going to tackle the uh, China's uh, war on miners. Um, uh, so I'm very excited to hear something uh about that but actually this event is uh, not only about that Uh, it's a place where the mining uh, community uh, the biggest players uh, in mining industry meet um, show off (laughs) 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 and uh, brag with their achievements and uh, that's what we're going to do as well (laughs) and when is that is that Coming up soon. Uh, yeah, that's um, from eighth to tenth uh, November in Dubai. Uh, please come and uh, you can uh, meet me in person and my team.
0: And actually, it's fabulous um, to meet Max, and I really appreciate you taking uh, the time out. I'm going to be a little bit honest with some of the the listeners here. Is that we we actually got here a couple of days ago, and we've had a bit of an international crowd with us because. Um, we had someone from, uh, Germany, someone from Mexico, someone from Cameroon, uh, someone from France, uh, you yeah, one Brit here. I knew yourself were Russian. So we all got together, uh, and all of these people had one thing in common, which is, which is mining, uh, you know, the belief in Bitcoin. So we did come a couple of days early. Yes, we went to all the mines. We've had a couple of really cool adventures as well. So thank you, Max, for organizing that for us. So what's, what's our next adventure, do you think? Are we going to, are we going to do something like this again? yeah i will
1: be happy too <laughs> it, it was uh, it was really fun like um uh, the <laughs> in initial goal of this uh, meeting <laughs> in siberia was uh uh Probably to just show the operations, uh, just to give a, a little update to the mining community uh, that we are here and you can always come and visit uh, us, our uh, mining farm and um, uh, to see how it all works. Uh, uh, but eventually, yeah, it turned out that uh, apart from mining Bitcoin and business, uh, you can have... Uh, just so much uh, fun so so many interesting conversations so uh so many uh, little adventures uh, on the way and uh just the normal human uh, communication which is uh, still the most important in the world and i'm happy to have you here uh, and uh you being here uh <laughs> yeah i i lost all my words uh, yeah, so yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that you're
0: here yeah uh, <laughs> uh, me too and, and i just want to say thanks again um you know it, it has been great uh, you're looking after us and, and showing us all the facilities as well just keep doing what you're doing i think because you know you're making mining pretty simple for for you know people like myself so we can mm-hmm. understand it uh so max i really appreciate your time thank you so much thank you Thanks for listening today if you've got any comments or questions on this podcast please message me on twitter at jason a dean or if you'd like to know more on the subject of bitcoin and finance in general then join me on medium at jason now don't forget the e at the end of dean when you're typing that in or you won't find me now i promised you 10 pounds worth of bitcoin at the start of this podcast and here are the details you need All you need to do is open your newly installed Luno app and type in the code I'm about to give you. Remember, if you are an existing customer or you've been using Luno for a while, you won't be able to claim this. This is designed for people who are just getting started and are maybe not quite sure yet, just want a little bit of money to play with and learn how to use it now very importantly you must verify your new account first which is quite easy to do through the app luno as you would expect complies with anti-money laundering regulations so it's something you have to do first like you do actually on all financial apps these days and you do that by going to profile settings verification and it's the usual mugshot and id and it's processed normally within a couple of minutes I'd also suggest you agree to marketing, at least at the beginning anyway, as Luna will give the option to attend one of their free webinars, uh, might even be one I do, where you can learn all about Bitcoin and most importantly, ask questions directly, as every session includes an open AMA section at the end anyway once you've done your verification and you only have to do it once of course you just go to the section called rewards at the bottom of the screen press the enter a code button and type in the following code p d u k 2 2x that's papa Delta uniform kilo 2 2 x-ray and that's it your 10 pounds in Bitcoin will be credited instantly if you're in europe it'll be the equivalent of 10 pounds. You can use that just to play with the app and explore it, but of course you can buy more Bitcoin easily once you're set up and go from there. Don't forget you can now earn up to 4% interest on your crypto by moving it to the built-in saving wallet, uh, which is of course about 4% more than you can get in the bank right now. So T's and C's apply when saving, and you can check those out when you first transfer over. And don't forget, just another reminder, if you would like to learn more about Bitcoin, you're very welcome to attend the next introduction to bitcoin free webinar which we run every month details and next dates are in the show notes below that is worth attending if, if nothing else for the ama session because you can put questions any questions you like really uh, directly to me and um i'll happily stay around and ask them for as long as you want me to so maybe i'll see you there but if not i'll catch you next time on the bitcoin and global finance podcast